Welcome to Victory GP. We're excited you've joined us, and we hope you're impacted and inspired by today's message. So if you are just stepping in with us, we are kind of in, we're on week three of our study on the book of Acts, and we're walking through this together. And one of the things that I love about doing this study is that it is absolutely about movement. It is absolutely about go. It is absolutely about getting out to where God wants us to be and experiencing the fullness of his plan for our lives. And uh, even as we celebrate, you know, the 44th anniversary of Victory Churches, I know that was one of the main uh, things right at the very beginning was like, I mean, it, it grew so fast and there were so many things that were, were just outside of the ordinary for normal church world. And uh, Dr. George and Hazel were like, let's just see if it's in, if it's in the book of Acts, we're doing it. And uh, that hasn't changed. That's who we are. That's who God's called people to be. That's who he's called his people to be, is people who move and walk in him. And one of the things that I think is interesting is um, you hang around a group of people who believe that the book of Acts is still relevant for today, and you can't help but be nudged to move. You, you, are, you feel challenged to do something. You feel challenged to experience God. You don't want to settle for just any, you know, some sort of faith-based whatever. You want an active life that is exciting and full of the presence of God. And um, even yesterday, I just want to shout out to Jane. She was, there was a team of ladies. I don't know where Jane's sitting, but um, somewhere. Anyway, our uh, Family Matters is in the middle of process of, of um, transitioning into becoming something new, and we're going to share that with you in the next little bit. But essentially, when we started Family Matters, as you guys remember, that was the, the in-house group that's like doing stuff for other, other uh, church family members, and so everything from shoveling snow to taking stuff to the dump to repairing things, putting together bookshelves and whatever. But it was a very concentrated effort to help us know that we are here to serve one another, and, and we're looking for opportunities to serve. And so where are the opportunities to serve? And um, what's happened over the course of the last three years is that you guys are just doing it yourselves, which is exactly what should happen, where people are in relationship with each other and they're helping one another out and blessing one another. And we felt a very specific shift that we are moving more towards this, um, this particular ministry is going to become our local missions branch. And so what we do in this city, how we reach out to this city. And so uh, yesterday there was a group, a, a team from there and... Uh, There'll be opportunity for more to sign up for that, but operating with who they've got at the moment, um, just took, they went and got carnations with the good water picks on the bottom and went down uh, to Tent Village and uh, kind of met with some of the ladies that were down there and prayed for women on the streets yesterday afternoon. And it was incredible, the encounters that they had, the conversations that they had, just loving on women. Isn't that so cool? Just the very, very practical stuff that's going on. Uh, we've also got an opportunity. I just want to put a plug in. If you're not on Facebook, Help and Hope, um, and you are on Facebook, sign up for that. That's our group where we communicate um, in-house here. But we do have an opportunity. We know that there's a lot of people that are displaced from... Um, the fires right now, um, the evacuation zones are very diverse and the things that people are facing are very diverse. So one particular group uh, is the Sturgeon Lake area and kind of the creation in that zone. And there are practical needs that are available for us to help with there. And so there's a list of things that we can, we can help with, um, just super practical things, shampoo, um, hairbrushes, diapers, overnights. There's um, requests for uh, men's uh, t-shirts, underwear, stuff like that. And if you can bring it to the church, uh, we're going to take that over to the temporary band office tomorrow and kind of fill in the gaps wherever we can. But we are literally just constantly looking for opportunities. We're looking for places to go out and we're trying to be bold in sharing the love of God in a very practical way, as many ways as we can. And so today we're actually covering that because this is one of the expressions that we see in the book of Acts is this boldness to go out and to do the things. We see stuff that where, you know, people were selling their houses and sharing their resources with one another. They were going from house to house, caring for one another. Um, they, there, it says that there was nobody who had any lack. Everybody was just out very, very specifically serving, living on purpose, living out loud, loving, loving assertively one another, ministering in the community. And that's what we are meant to be. That's who we are meant to be. But the word that goes with that is 
boldness. And so today we are going to talk about having a bold move. A bold move. Boldness is not rudeness. Boldness is not bluntness. Boldness is a very specific thing that God empowers that we're walking into. And I was thinking how even today, this parents dedicating their children, this is a bold move. This is a deciding thing. And if I was having children in this moment in history, I think I would feel fairly intimidated. Life is a little crazy right now. And the things that we are, we are bumping into, the reality of our society and what people believe and what they say is true and what they're forcing into, um, into people's uh, homes and belief systems, it's, it's very difficult. And so we have to be bold about who we serve who we know, who we love, what we're about. And so when we as parents come and we say, okay, God, we believe this life is a gift from you. And we are purposing to serve you in raising this child. We are purposing to serve you in how we live as a family. We are purposing uh, to serve you in how we live in our marriage. We are purposing to honor you. That's a bold move right now. Because what we know to be true is that our society loves anybody who thinks strongly about the word of God and the things of God. Our society wants us to just keep that to ourselves. Just, you can believe what you want, but keep it to yourselves. So to boldly say, I know, love, and serve Jesus, that's a book of Acts kind of move. And that is what is required in this hour. Just on a, a couple uh, scriptures to go with that, Isaiah 40, 11 says, he will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. This is a promise for parents. He will lead you. When, when we allow him to be the shepherd over our lives, when we allow him to steward and, and, and shape and, and direct our paths the way they're supposed to be, he gently leads us. It's not forceful. It's not aggressive. God just leads us where we need to go. And we as parents follow his lead. And we know that his paths lead to life. There's a, a specific in John 14, 6, it says, this is Jesus talking. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Period. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. When we're talking about raising families in this moment in history, when there's a new belief about this and a new understanding about that and a new law about this and a new regulation about this, it is so helpful and so freeing to just say, you know what? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I'm hanging on to that. That's a bold move. That's a bold move in this moment in history. And so today, as we go through this, this portion in the book of Acts, and we're kind of running through some verses from chapter four to five, um, we've We've been doing the little bit of a dance. Last week, we talked about the name of Jesus. How many of you thought about that every time you prayed over your meal this week? Right? You're like, literally in Jesus' name. Okay. I remember. I remember what that means. I remember the thing. Um, we found out that our grandson, Micah, has been asking about, what, Mom, why do, we, why do we say in Jesus' name after we, we pray for our dinner? And Megan said to him, well, it's like, it's like you're saying that you're, that Jesus is the boss kind of. So she's like, it's like when you tell your sisters to do something, they don't have to do it. But if you tell them that mom says that we have to do this, then they have to listen because it's, you're using my name. So she said that seemed to go well until she heard them fighting in the backyard. And he said, in mom's name. <laughs> so we're working on the, you know, fine-tuning of the truth in, in our family, but um, it's, the principle is there. It's, it's kind of there. Megan said it kind of stuck out to her, though, because she was like, he actually needs to know what mom said in order to enforce mom's name. Now, come on, for us, don't we need to know what Jesus said in order to enforce, inv invoke Jesus's name? We need to enforce by the truth that he has revealed to us, the truth that's in the word. And so when we understand that, we move into a place where we can operate in boldness. And boldness is this next piece. So if you got your Bibles handy, and I know you do, 
Acts chapter 4, and we're going to start at verse 7 today. And this is just after Peter and John are arrested. And remember, they were arrested because they healed a guy. Unbelievable. Uh, this is not new. I was... I was um, Studying the other day, Mark 3, I think it is, where Jesus um, walks into the temple or walks into the synagogue and he's, he's uh, aware that a trap has been laid out for him. And there's a guy with a crippled hand. And it says that actually the Pharisees were sitting there waiting to see, is he going to heal on the Sabbath so that they could, they could uh, come after him? And it says that Jesus was like angry because he saw the hardness of their hearts, that they weren't willing to be, they weren't even open to what God was doing. They were worried about the rules. And so sometimes when we look at the, the things that happen, even in church history, we see a lot of rules. We see a lot of stuff. Of, this is the way it has to be. This is the way we've always done it. This is what we expect. The book of Acts is such a fun book because it just blows the walls out. It's like, you know, here's how God moves. He can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, however he wants. He is all powerful, all seeing, all knowing. He is the name above every name and you get to work with him. And so we want to lean into this. And so after Peter and John are arrested and they brought before uh, this group of people to, to be questioned and starting in verse seven, it says, and when they had set them in the midst, they asked them by what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which the... Uh, which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we might be saved. It, it, by which we must be saved. There is no other name under heaven among men by which we must be saved. It's interesting because they're standing there before this group of people who have this uh, revelation over the history that they have walked out of the law. And they understand that there is a God. They're, they understand that there is the God who created the universe. There is the God who is all-powerful, the one who is all-knowing, all-seeing. But they haven't yet had a revelation that Jesus is the way to access him. And so up until now, everything that they've experienced has to do with how they perform, how, they, how righteously they live, the sacrifices they make, the blood that is spilt. There's this list of regulations that is hundreds of items long of what is meant to be kept so that you can somehow kind of sort of engage God. And these guys are standing here under the power of the Holy Spirit and they're saying straight up, they're not being mean, they're not saying you know, anything that is derogatory in any way, they are boldly saying there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Clearly, precisely, simply, there's no sermonizing. It is just, this is the truth. Keep in mind, this is after they've just been arrested. They just had their first experience with, oh, not everybody likes this. And they have the opportunity to shrink back and just handle things. But instead, boldness comes in. And with boldness, they declare the simple, clear, pure truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by him. It's the same truth that exists today. And it says in Acts 4.13 then, this is one of my favorite verses. Now, when they saw what? The boldness. They weren't convinced by the lengthy speech. They weren't convinced by the perfect sermonizing. They weren't convinced by the, the uh, flow of words and the eloquent persuasion. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. 
There was a notable difference about these two guys because of the boldness. It was obvious that they hadn't been trained to answer. It was obvious that they hadn't been the people who were top in their debate class. It was obvious that they had been with Jesus because of the boldness that they carried. This, this is a key for us as we're moving forward because all of us are intended to walk in boldness particularly when it comes to the things of God in the specifics of delivering the gospel through our lives. We are intended to walk and move and speak with boldness, not, not overly aggressive, not harsh, not belittling, not, not superiority uh, uh, funneled, but this boldness that comes from walking with Jesus. And so we want to dig into this a little bit today and understand that boldness was the sign and the wonder. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, and they marveled. They marveled. There was something that they couldn't quite get their heads around them. They knew that they had been with Jesus. They knew that there was an active relationship here, that it wasn't just a belief. We believe this and you believe this, and we're going to pound you with what we believe. It was obvious that they had an active living relationship with Jesus. And therefore, this boldness brought out something different in them that they hadn't seen before. The active living relationship with Jesus is the game changer. There are faithful people all over the world who, whatever religious stream they're connected to, are willing to utterly lay down their lives to worship in some fashion. People who will go on pilgrimages and crawl their way into holy places with blood running down their legs because they have ripped their, their knees wide open. There's people who sacrifice everything to try and purchase favor with their God. There's people who will starve in order to, uh, to, to produce whatever they feel like they need to. Places where people are starving to death, but they leave holy cows walking beef. <laughs> because they're honoring God, right? Our engagement with God is not meant to be something that we stir ourselves up by vigor and passion to go. It is an active relationship with God. The product that was seen that was boldness, the thing that began to move the, the developed world at that time was men and women who was obvious that they knew Jesus, that they walked with God. What we get invited into in the relationship with God is this knowing of his heart, this hearing of his voice, this, this engagement with the wisdom of heaven, not a list of rules and regulations and obligations. It's an invitation into relationship and it produces boldness that is a sign and a wonder. So just to break it down for us a little bit, boldness, as, as it's used here, in the Greek is parasia, which means freely, Openly, plainly, frankly. Freely, openly, plainly, frankly. And it implies truthfulness and fearlessness. It's this thing that is just, I don't have to say 20,000 words. I can clearly state Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. It's simple. It's bold. It's clear. It's being bold enough to say, that is wrong. This is right. It's being bold enough to say, I love you even though. It's being bold enough to forgive because I've been forgiven. It's being bold enough to clearly operate in the things that God has made available to us. Boldness often gets, in our language, it often gets mixed together with bravery. And they are similar. But brave describes someone who is not afraid to do dangerous or difficult things. Brave is who you are. It's an inner state. It's how you feel. It's what's, what's, what you're sensing on the inside. Words like grit, willpower, discipline. These are things that we connect to somebody that we call brave. It's something that they have. It's something that's, that's on the inside of them. But bold 
is freely, openly, plainly, frankly. Brave is a state of being. Bold is a description of an action taken. You can be brave and do nothing. Bold means you've moved. And consider when we even look at, you know, when we say somebody has done something bold, that was a bold move. That was a bold statement. That's a bold color that you're wearing. When you look at your print on, on your, you know, typeface, I've got stuff that is highlighted. It's bold type. I have done something to make it stand out. Bold is an action. Bold is a description of something that is actively moving. So you can be brave without ever being bold. And you can be bold without ever feeling brave. And this is important. You can be brave without ever being bold. And you can be bold without ever feeling brave. Some of us feel like I could never be bold. When Peter and John said what they said at risk of further imprisonment or beatings and the stuff that does go on in Acts, there's a lot of that. Um, but they were bold. It doesn't mean on the inside they were feeling super brave. It means that they were empowered by the Holy Spirit to be clear, to be precise, to speak what needs to be spoken, to do what needs to be done, to be obedient to the things of God. Bold describes our actions, our attitude, and our expression. The disciples moved in boldness. And if we follow that word through the book of Acts, you will see the word bold show up on repeat. It's a word that is unusual in other places, but it is something that was a product of the move of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Boldness means we're doing something. Isn't that kind of fun? Like, honestly, we are called to do something. I like this quote by Jonathan Parnell. He says, say everything that's important, but be clear about Jesus. Mainly, ideas are everywhere out there and always pulling at us. And because high tensions want to trivialize our main message, we should be bold. That is, we should be very clear and outspoken about who Jesus is and what he has done. It means that when we are looking at a world that has ideas and philosophies that are drifting in, things that used to be in the back corner and tucked away are now mainstream conversations. There is a, there is a brazenness about some of the belief systems that are being blown into our general population right now, into our culture, and being forced as normal. And God is like, I need you to be bold. I need you to be clear. If Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, say that. Do that. Operate in that. I've talked to a lot of people lately that are, you know, we're, we're all navigating the, what happens with the end times? What, where are we at in the picture? Where, where, where do we believe we are in God's timeline on this? And there's a lot of signs of the time. I personally believe we are at the end of the end. We are at the, the point where um, we can be looking for Jesus to return. But um, in that, the end of the end could be two days, two months, 20 years. There, there's a space of time that we don't exactly know. But if we believe that it's soon... I won't ask you to put up your hands, but I know a lot of us do. Then isn't it important that those that we love and care and are assigned to know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life? Doesn't it require us to be bold? Doesn't it demand a response from us. It's so easy to say, I have faith and I'm not worried about the end times. I've got courage on the inside. I got faith on the inside. But have I decided to walk in the boldness of sharing that with those around me? Am I willing to actually risk losing a friend, being, being different, being ostracized, being criticized to stand and boldly declare the truth? Am I ready to take that step? Am I ready to do what is necessary? I was thinking about even with it being Mother's Day here today. You know, moms have this bold thing that shows up when they know time is of the essence. My kids are in danger. This is wrong. There's something that you don't want to cross a mom who is in protective mode, right? There <laughs> 
she is bold with her thoughts. She is bold with what needs to be done. She is bold with her actions. And I believe in the same way the bride of Christ in this hour is intended to be bold. We, we are not of, of this fishing around, trying to find some answer, trying to find some hope, trying to find some truth. We have the answer. We know the truth. We walk in hope. We should be bold. And so how do we do that? And let's just walk through this. We need to, number one, pray for boldness. Actually pray for boldness. We might not have it innately, but we can ask for it. And we see this in the book of Acts. We see this, this, um, pull on heaven for, for boldness to manifest. Acts 4, 29 to 31. So this is after this goes on and they, they are questioned. They've been imprisoned, whatever. Um, starting in verse 23, they go back to their own companions, report what has been told to them, told that they are, they are you know, shared the, the stuff that they've been through. And then they go into prayer. And it says in verse uh, 20, uh, 28, actually we'll go to 29. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness, they may speak your word. Now notice boldness that they may speak your word. Boldness indicates action. Boldness, not just bravery. Help us to not be scared. Help us to not be panicked. Help us to not be in hiding. No, God give us boldness so we can speak. Do you, do you see how that's an offensive position? That is like, we are, we are not shrinking back right now. We are moving forward. God, grant us boldness that they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. They asked, God answered, they did it. They asked, God answered, they did it. Some of us in this, in this moment, I mean, even right now, we've got craziness happening all around us. I know that there's people even in this room and some that are watching online today, you are actually uh, evacuated from your homes right now. There is stuff that is just difficult all around us. There's people politicizing all of that. We're in the middle of a, an election thing. We've got stuff that's going on with the, the climate. We've got stuff that's going on with the economy. There's things that are going on in the school systems. There's things that are going on in the, in the social system. It can be so overwhelming. And I believe God is saying, I want my children church to ask for boldness. Ask for boldness. He will give it and he will send us. There will be things to do. When we feel helpless, it does no good to just sit and feel helpless. It does do good to ask God for the boldness to move. God, give me boldness to act and operate in this time. Reinhard Bonnke says, faith is the power line, but prayer switches it on. Faith is the power line. God, I have faith that you could use me. So use me. Give me boldness. Give me boldness. Number two, boldness is based on a power source. So this isn't self-generated. God, help me just suck it up and do it. Have you ever talked to somebody who really had to work themselves up to speak? And you could tell, like, they, they, by the time they're just not feeling comfortable about it, but something needs to be said. And by the time it comes out of them, it's like this fire hose just got turned on. And it comes out and you're like, wow. So they, you feel strongly about that, hey? Maybe they start crying. Maybe they get loud, whatever. But it just comes out. That's what happens when we self-muster courage. When it's like, oh, it needs to be said, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stir myself up. I'm going to do I'm going to make it happen. And it comes out in a weird, awkward way. Boldness is not that. Boldness is attached to a power source that allows the free flow to move as it needs to move. Where we, we don't have to uh, worry about what we can produce. We know that he's going to produce something through us. We just make ourselves available. Boldness in the New Testament is an activation of life with and in God. The empowering of the Holy Spirit and the relationship that is enjoyed with God. And so when these guys, when they're standing there and they are talking and speaking with boldness, 
And it's obvious that they have been with Jesus, meaning the boldness in their life is the product of the relationship. We know that there is something bigger going on than they just have been strengthened in God. God is working with them. And in Mark 16, 20, it talks about this and it says, and when they went out, they preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. They went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. Boldness is an invitation to partner with God in the things that are on his heart. It's the place where we say, I am willing, God, embolden me. Help me to be clear and precise and in agreement with you. I'm not going to sit and muck it through in my mind for 36 years. I'm going to decide if you're saying now and go, I'm bold enough to step out and do it. I'm trusting you. I'm trusting your empowerment. I'm trusting this relationship. I'm trusting the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. I'm trusting that you will speak to me and you will tell me when to go, where to go and what to say. I'm trusting you that I am here for your purposes. Hebrews 4.16 says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and grace to help in the time of trouble. Let us come boldly, clearly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find help to help us. It's talking about relationship. The same boldness that's meant to go out from us is the boldness with which we come before the Lord. God, I clearly need you. I am coming. I'm, I'm not like second guessing. I'm not saying, oh, I don't pray very good, so I'm not going to spend any time in God's presence. I don't sing very good, so I'm not going to worship. I don't, I don't really understand all the scriptures, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time in the word. It's saying I boldly, clearly, bluntly come with a faith, a faith that's putting a draw on you. I'm coming into your presence and that boldness that I pour out is going to produce a boldness that I receive. I am stepping into the fullness of your plan for me and God, you are giving me help, mercy. You're giving me what I need to walk through the time of trouble. Some of us, when we're in the midst of what we're walking through right now and it's as bizarre as it is, we, we struggle with like, I don't even know how to pray. I don't even know what to say. I don't know what, I don't even know what is the right thing to pray. How about come boldly? And look at the definition again. Very specifically, boldly is freely, openly, plainly, frankly. Implies truthfulness and fearlessness. Jesus has made a way for us to come before the Father. So we come boldly and we come plain. It is okay to come before God and say, I am terrified right now. I actually have no idea what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know how to respond to this. I don't know what's going to happen next week. I feel a little overwhelmed. I, I'm actually telling you this, God. And we find grace and mercy and help for the time of trouble. And the Spirit of God, that relationship stirs up something on the inside of us so that when we have to go back out again and we have to deal with people and circumstances and situations, maybe you're in the, the, the group of people right now that's dealing with people who are displaced and there's upset and there's, there's emotions and there's stuff. How do you deal with that? You go into the presence of God boldly, clearly, frankly. God, this is where I'm at. This is what I need. I don't know what to do. And we find grace and mercy and help in the time of trouble. And that relationship, that empowering of the Holy Spirit, the love of God that we receive, we walk out of there and we are emboldened to go back into those situations and we speak plainly, clearly, directly the things of God, the truth, the wisdom from heaven, the counsel of God himself. We have this thing, we have this power source that we have access to and it allows us to be boldly, to, to operate boldly. Boldness in the Old Testament is actually, it's barely ever translated as boldness. In fact, the one uh, verse that it's really obvious is Proverbs 28.1. It says, the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as lions. Bold as lion. The wicked flee. Those who don't know God, they're running in the opposite direction. 
But those who know God and are walking with him are bold in the face of conflict, bold in the face of crisis, stand up and do the thing. Every other place, well, 103 times where the same root word is used from the Hebrew, it's translated as trust. So those who trust are as bold as lions. Trust is a thing of relationship. Trust is about who we trust. It's about who we know. Trust is about the character of God. And so when I have trust, I'm anchored in the character of God. I now have the ability to walk in boldness. Does that make sense? If I'm worried about me, if I'm worried about what I have to offer, if I'm worried about what am I going to say, what am I going to do, what can I possibly impart into the situation, what do I care, I will freak out and I will run the opposite direction. But if I know God and I trust his character and I trust his nature, I trust who he is and I'm in that relationship with him, then I have this opportunity to come boldly into his presence, experience the fullness of him, and I walk out bold. The enemy walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I want to be able to answer like a roaring lion. I want to be able to answer with this kind of strength, with this kind of power. I am bold on the inside. Devil, how dare you try and intimidate me? Devil, how dare you try and pick on my family? Devil, how dare you try and confuse my children? I am bold enough to speak the truth. I have been made free, and those who have been made free are free indeed, and I will speak from that place of freedom with boldness. I'm not going to shrink back. I'm not going to back down. I am going to speak the truth because the truth will make people free. Truth is necessary, and Jesus is not a truth. He is the truth, the only truth, the only way. That's it. He's not one that we can add into the mix. He is truth. And so we want to understand that boldness is the power source that we walk in. It's based on the power source that we walk in. I am not bold myself. I am bold because of the power source that I am drawing from. And boldness is finally for action. And so sitting on this for a minute, I believe the more, the more that the world gets tipped upside down, I mean, there are, there are laws that are being passed on the regular right now. Five years ago, we would have been, how is that even possible? What? We can either sit back and huddle in a corner in our little stone house and we just wait for Jesus to come. God, give me courage, give me strength. God, just build me up in my face. I'm stir myself up. Or, okay, when Peter and John were arrested for healing a guy and offered the opportunity to talk themselves out of it, they stood there with boldness and said, no, there is one way. There is only one name by which we must be saved. And they doubled down on the truth. They lived in the light and they saw this explosion of the kingdom advancement out of their lives because they were willing to put a draw on God and step out into the light. The more this swirl of darkness advances, the more the church of Jesus, Jesus Christ, the more the body and the bride needs to step up in the light and say, no, I will be bold. I will not be intimidated into silence. I will not be intimidated into compromise. I will stand on the truth and the truth will make me free. It is a call for action. When we are right with God, we are empowered by the Holy Spirit and we should be bold. Boldness is in and for the going. It will not come for the sitting and the staying. Boldness is in and for the going. It will not come for the sitting and the staying. I like how Ron Hart, Reinhard Bonnke puts it. He says, what use is it going to one prayer meeting after another to pray for power if you never do anything that needs power or your prayers are steeped in unbelief? Faith does not come by logic. Remember the feeding of the 5,000? Miracles flow only through hands that distribute bread. Faith and obedience is the vehicle which carries believers, even timid ones, into the miracle zone. Isn't that good? I, I love that phrase. Miracles flow only through hands that distribute bread. It is only through the boldness of being willing to step up and be counted 
being clearer about who you are, whose you are, who you serve, what you're about, what you believe. It's in operating and releasing the things of the kingdom, operating in the word of God, operating in his truth, that we actually experience the miracles that are meant to happen. Boldness was for something. And again, Acts Acts 4, 29 and 30. Now look at their threats and grant your servants that with all boldness they might speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Not just boldness to not freak out and run. Boldness to speak your word and I'm counting on you to do your part that there will be signs and wonders following the preaching of the word. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to operate in boldness on this side. And God, I believe that you're picking up the other side. And we are doing this together. Praying for boldness is agreeing to action. Praying for boldness is agreeing for action. Tyler Statton, the book that we're uh, studying for Sunday nights right now, chapter 7, if you've been out of the loop a little bit, is for tonight, which is so good. But he says, in my experience, God has a habit of employing us in response to our own prayers. Yeah, isn't that the truth? I think some of us, we, we know this, and this is why maybe we don't pray, is that we know, we know God's gonna put it on our hearts. It's already there, and now he's gonna give us an instruction. But this is what the boldness is for. We pray for boldness that God will give us what is necessary to go out and plainly do what he's asked us to do. The bold action that we see, we cross over to Acts chapter 5, and in verse 42, in fact, this whole Acts chapter 5 is a lot. We're going to study this in the weeks to come. Um, But in this, we see that there's more imprisonment, there's more more stuff going on, Um, there's people, you know, dying, um, because they lie to God. Things like that, you know, the awe of God, the fear of the Lord is all in there. But in Acts 5, and uh, starting in 27, and when they had brought them, they set them before the council and the high priest asked them saying, did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and you intend to bring this man's blood on us. You have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. What can my little bold voice do? Fill Grand Prairie with the truth. Fill the peace region with your truth, with God's truth. Fill the, the north with truth. Fill the province with truth. What is possible when we step up with boldness and declare the works of the Lord? When we actually walk out, when we are willing to pray a prayer that we're willing to put feats to action to answer as God empowers us. What is possible? You have filled the city with your doctrine. And Acts 5.42 going on. A little bit further, it says, And daily in the temple and in every house they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Why this matters is because the stuff that's in between these passages is stop talking, stop preaching, stop doing what you're doing. We have the power to imprison you. We have the power to hurt you. And daily in the temple and in every house they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. They were bold. They were bold. We get to live in the product of that measure of boldness. Daniel eleven thirty two. Daniel puts it this way and he says, second half of the verse, the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. They shall be strong and carry out great exploits. The knowing of God, the walking with God, the boldness to come into his presence, the putting a draw on him, the actual asking for boldness, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in in relationship with God, in the fullness of God, not just religious zealots doing stuff, but in the power of the Holy Spirit out of the relationship that we have for him with boldness, we shall be strong and carry out great exploits. I believe this is the season that God is calling us into. It's the place where we're not shrinking back. We're not going, oh my goodness, darkness is everywhere. We stand up and we go, okay, I have a light. I have a light. 
If anybody has any questions, come and ask me. I have a light. I know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I know that you're scared right now. I know that you're intimidated right now. I know that you're overwhelmed right now. I know that anxiety is everywhere right now, but I have a light. But I have a light. I know. I know the way. I know the truth. I know the life. I know. I am bold enough to say I understand that maybe everybody that I talk to around me is overwhelmed and shrinking back and, and just hanging on for dear life. But I have a light. This is the season that God's calling us to. And not where we allow these, these, these uh, false ideas to overwhelm and to mix in with the truth. Not where we say things like, yeah, okay, I understand that you believe in this God and that God. I know that you, you worship the earth. I know that you care about, you know, this goddess. You care about... Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through him. It is so vital that we allow the truth of God to come out through surrendered lives, empowered by the Holy Spirit, in boldness, in clarity, where we're not hinting around at what we're trying to say, but the truth is, literally, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Literally, every human being is born into a world that is drenched in sin, and sin is, is punishable by death. There is an eternal picture Every one of us who has walked through a loved one going into uh, the other side, crossing over in death into what's on the other side, we know you have felt it. There is another side. There is, we don't just step into nothing. We step into something. We know that Jesus paid so that we can be confident about what's on that other side. We know that Jesus said, you will never, ever live well enough to please a pure and holy God. You're never, ever going to get it right enough. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. There is a hope that anchors us here, and it's an anchor that goes on beyond the grave. It is something life-giving. It is what we sang this morning, peace that's unexplainable. It's the thing on the inside of us that goes, you know, even if we lose it all, we have everything. We, we, it does, stuff is stuff, but God and the peace that he gives, the love that he offers, the joy that I can walk in in the middle of crisis, that is everything. That's the truth. I can be bold about saying, you know, why do good things or bad things happen to good people? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Why do bad things happen? Because there's a thief. But I have come that you would have life and life abundantly. That is blunt, but more importantly, it's bold. And boldness empowered by the Holy Spirit is an arrow that finds its mark in a heart that's searching for an answer. So this morning as we finish up, I'm gonna have the worship team come. And we are gonna pray for boldness. Amen. <laughs> The fine line again is, as Tyler Stanton puts it in my experience, God has a habit of employing us in response to our own prayers. Boldness is action. It's movement. It's asking God to do something with our lives for his glory and his purposes by the power of the Holy Spirit that's moving in and through us out of the relationship that we have in him. But just before we do that, this morning, this, the undercurrent of what we've been talking about is essentially that, that there is a bigger picture. When Paul, or Peter stood and he was being questioned and he answered and he said, there's, there's only one way. There is no other name by which you must be saved. There is no other way. There's no other path. And for anybody who's maybe searching this morning and you wonder like, well, can, can I also do this and this and this? There's no other path.
But everything in Jesus is life. It is pure and perfect love that passes understanding, passes our ability to comprehend why would you love me? Why would you care? Why would you, why would you come after me, God? But he does. The Bible says that the Father wishes that none would perish, but all would come to a saving knowledge. That the way has been made and I believe in increasing measures, compromise is gonna get more and more costly. It's like the stove has been turned up and the, as the fire begins to stir things, the people who know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. walking the line with a little bit of this and a little bit of this and a little bit of this are in trouble. When we get back into Acts chapter 5, we're going we're gonna to see things like it, it was a heightened sense like we're walking into right now where the Spirit of God is moving in might and power and people who straight up lied to God died on the spot that's not me trying to scare anybody I'm just saying when God's moving he's a holy God and he's looking for people who give themselves 100% to him he's given everything for us and so if everybody would just close their eyes for a moment I want to I want to just give an opportunity this morning if you need to give your life fully and completely to Christ I'm asking for boldness for you right now and if you're watching online boldness for you right now but if that's you and you need to make that commitment to the Lord would you just raise your hand up right now and we're going to pray for you if that's you today I see that hand up in the balcony yep I see those hands thank you you can put them down anybody else just raise your hand. That's you today. You need to give that commitment to the Lord today. That yes, I'm fully and completely yours. Just be bold about it. This is a necessary thing. This is a necessary thing. And for those this morning that you've been living some of God but you know he's calling you to more, to boldly live with him. And you want to make that commitment this morning. Would you just raise your hand? Yeah, all over this room. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, just boldly raise your hands up. This is God, I'm giving you my all, my all, my all, my all. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. We boldly come after you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, let's stand together this morning. Each one of us has a measure. I believe that God's calling us into that's greater than we've even walked in before. But I'm going to lead us in a prayer today that is simple for those who put their hands up to give their lives to Jesus today. This is going to be your prayer of commitment. For those who are committing to the fullness of walking boldly with Him, this is going to be your prayer of recommitment. And for each one of us, we're going to step into a new place where we're asking for boldness. So firstly, would you just repeat after me? Father God, I come before you today and I recognize truth. I recognize that you are the way, the truth, and the life. That Jesus, it's all through you. So I come before you today and I choose you. I believe what you've done through the death on the cross and the resurrection. And by faith today, I ask you to forgive my sins, to cleanse me, to come and dwell in me, to walk, work through me, and to help me to live fully and completely in you. And I thank you for it, Lord. 
in Jesus' name. And God, today I pray over this assembly. If you, if you want to pray for boldness, just put your hands up. We're just gonna, we're just gonna do this as an act and a sign. Huh. God, today we recognize according to your word that boldness is something we can ask for doesn't necessarily have to be something that we feel like we carry all the time, but we ask for it. And so God, today I pray over this assembly. Lord, you see the, the raised hands before you. God, this is our symbol of request before you today. And God, we ask that as according to your word was prayed, that you would grant your servants boldness. Lord, that we would be able to preach the word, that we would be able to speak the truth. But God, in whatever area that you are sending us, in whatever assignment that you have given us, that we would operate in boldness and that Holy Spirit, you would empower us for the purposes of heaven. We put a draw on who you are and God, we ask you for the boldness to step out. The places where we've shrunk back in, in uh, fear or intimidation, we ask your forgiveness today, God. And Lord, we pray that you would move in and amongst and through us, God, that we would be a people who know their God and do great exploits, God. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to have your way in us, in our lives, in our marriages, in our households, in our workplaces, in our assignments. God, we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would empower us fully for your purposes. We receive by faith today the gift of boldness the gift of boldness Lord and Lord we purpose to operate in it with you through you Holy Spirit by your power and we thank you for it today God in Jesus name thank you Lord thank you God thank you God thank you Lord we receive it, God. We receive it, God. We receive boldness today, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. If you pray in tongues, just let it go right now. If you don't, just start praising God. Yes, God. We receive your boldness, God. Over your people, God. Over your people, we receive boldness. We thank you, God, for the empowerment that comes from you. We thank you, God, for assignments that come from you and boldness to step out in them in Jesus' name. Boldness from heaven. Boldness, God. We thank you, Lord, for signs and wonders following. We thank you, God, for the boldness to pray for the sick. We thank you for the boldness to speak truth where it's necessary. We thank you for boldness to be obedient into the areas of, of uh, change in society that we're called to. We thank you for boldness, Lord, to speak truth in love. We thank you for boldness, God. Boldness. And we receive fully and completely today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I want to challenge you as we go today and you spend some time on this this week. Every time you come boldly before the throne of grace, every time you come boldly into that time of worship, that, that time of prayer, that time in His presence, and there's something that the Holy Spirit puts on your heart, there's something, there's an assignment, there's a phrase, there's a person, and you feel like, oh, I couldn't do that. I couldn't say that, I couldn't go there. Pause and pray for boldness. God will never ask you to do something that he's not prepared to empower you to do. He is working with us. He is working with us. Boldness is necessary in this hour, like never before. And you are called, you are anointed, you are appointed, and you are sent. God, today I pray that as we spend time with family, friends today, whatever, whatever we've got going on, honoring the women in our lives, Lord, we thank you that first and foremost, you are the one that we honor. You are the one that we serve. And Lord, we thank you for your empowerment. We thank you for boldness today. 
And we thank you for your presence in our lives. God, as we prepare to come back for prayer tonight, we thank you that you're teaching us and you're instructing us next levels of partnership with you. And we give you the praise for it, Lord. We look forward to what it is you have planned and to experiencing what a life of boldness looks like in action. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this message from Victory Church Grand Prairie. You can stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by using at VictoryChurchGP. If you have any questions, would like to access our online resources, or would like to sow into this ministry, you can visit us at www.VictoryGP.com. You can also text to give. Just text 587-207-4387 and follow the prompting. Thanks again for joining us at Victory GP. Reach. Teach. Mobilize.